Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We have stretched the North American boundaries of Sabres Live once again from his traditional Orchard Park location, Marty Baron, uh, from the West Coast of the United States. Yours truly, and north of the border, Seth Appert, getting his Amherst ready for Laval tonight. Hi, Seth. How are you? I'm good, Duffer. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my God. It's our pleasure, of course. Uh, back-to-back here with Laval before you hit the All-Star break with the Amherst. Um, what, uh, if any, you know, Storylines, lineup changes are you, you know, looking at tonight as you get ready for the Rocket in this ultra-tight North Division? Yeah, no, uh, it's, uh, the lineup changes are minimal. Um, we're, we're playing good hockey right now. We lost, obviously, 2-1 to one to Syracuse Wednesday, but but I like the way we played. Uh, we limited them to 18 shots on goal. Um, unfortunately, we created enough, couldn't finish enough. Uh, some of that credit to their block shots, some of that credit to Olnefeldt and goal was excellent for them. Um, but it, these are important games up here. Uh, it's our last time playing Laval. We got them twice, you know, third to seventh right now. Our division is so good. And there's a lot of divisions that seems like two or three teams are a train wreck. And so you get wins against other teams pretty easily. Our division, there's going to be two really good teams that don't make the playoffs. That's how tight it is. And uh, the points are you starting to look at standings time and you got to be points are at a premium. Um, you talk about the lineup tonight, Devin Levi played against Syracuse, uh, gave up two and he's gonna, you know, probably play one of the two. So is he tonight? Is he tomorrow? Are you the kind of coach that says, I don't want to talk about my goaltenders, uh, because I don't usually ask you that question, but, uh, you're a former goalie. Does it bother you when coaches don't give out their goalies? Um, yeah, I'm willing to talk about it. I, I, oh, I just, thank God. Thank you. Uh, this isn't, uh, we're not trying to solve cancer or anything here. There's not state <laughs> secrets. Um, you know, uh, tonight, Dustin Tokarski, uh, will play. Okay. Uh, and then tomorrow, uh, Devin Levi will play. So we're in a, you know, we have three right now and, and, you know, that can be hard at times, but there's a luxury of it when you have a tight turnaround for tomorrow. So, uh, Devin Levi will not dress tonight. Cooley will back up both games this weekend. That gets him, he gets to still be part of it in a week that he's not playing. Um, and then for Devin, you know, he gets to do extra work on the ice this morning and mentally kind of be free of not having to prepare and get ready for the three o'clock game tomorrow. How was this game the other night? Like, uh, you know, he's, he's been down for a few days now. He did come down, play a game on condition, well, conditioning. 
it's not technically conditioning because he can be, you know, sent down, called back up at any moment. He doesn't have to go through waivers, but he played a game then went on the West Coast with the Sabres. Uh, now has played the game against Syracuse. What is uh, the things that you notice uh, about Devin that uh, will kind of give him that that chance to get into some game rhythm here? I thought he was excellent against Syracuse. Um, first goal was a was a tip that went crossbar, yeah. uh, and then ricocheted off of him. The second goal, the guy fanned on. Uh, I I think he would have made the save pretty easily. Uh, the guy looked like he was shooting glove. He fluffed it, and it goes five holes. So he looked in control. He looked calm. His rebound control was excellent. He didn't have a ton of work. Like I said earlier, we defended extremely well that night. Um, but I thought he looked more in control than the game he played for us a week or so before that, when he hadn't played in a while. So then he got he got that game in with us that he won. Then he got another game out in L.A. where he won uh, with a really good response after the first three goals there. And it, it felt like he was in more of a rhythm uh, in the game on Wednesday. It's quite a trio of netminders that you have right now uh, from the age spectrum, experience spectrum, even just Amherst's uh, perspective and how long they've been, you know, with the organization or, or not. And when you talk about goalies, I, I think back to, you know, a couple of years ago when you were describing you know, Quinn and Paterka to us an awful lot. And you said JJ was really close with Aaron Dell. And I remember that kind of standing out. And I'm wondering, like, do because of this, you know, three goalie situation, it, like, do you see opportunity for those kinds of relationships to develop? Or is it, you know, kind of been so a little bit chaotic that uh, that maybe you don't see it that way? And and how unique is it when you see kind of scorers and, and goalies gravitate to one another the way we did with those guys? Yeah, no, it's, that's really neat. Um, and that's what you need your veterans to be like. And, and Ticker's great for our group. Um, Ticker, you know, he's won everywhere he's ever been, right? He, he won a, a Memorial Cup. He won a World Juniors. He won two Calder Cups, you know, so he has that winning experience. And so he can share those things with the group. He can share those with individual players. He does, but he also can share them with me. I, I go to Ticker a lot. He's got a good vibe on you know the team and and what winning hockey feels like and where the team's at in relation to the to the to the winning teams he's been on so uh he is having a guy we don't have a lot of older guys but having a few like Prow and Mersh and Sikarski uh is extremely valuable for our young players so unfortunately and and before we came on the air here you kind of we kind of mentioned you know the injury to Jack Quinn and and Jack's a kid that you had in Rochester and worked with and you know you could see kind of one of the first group of players you had in Rochester that are you know setting their tone in the NHL and unfortunately it's been a tough year for Jack uh injury wise with the Achilles and now the lower body um but we had the conversation on the show what do you do with Maybe the the spot that's left vacant by Jack Quinn now. Do you you know just elevate a player from the Buffalo Sabers roster? Do you go and look at some of the um, prospects and younger players in Rochester? Do you trade for a player? Um, so I guess we we can ask you not what do you do, but how are Kulik and Roseanne and Rusek and those guys that are higher on the list of prospects for the the Sabers fan to see? Hey. If they get a call up, like how are they, these guys uh, doing right now? Yeah, that is an interesting question, and it is terrible about Jack. Um, I talked to him for about 20, 30 minutes the other night uh, just to check in on him, see how he's doing. But this is the beauty of Jack Quinn. He texted me this morning, 
hey, if there's one or two guys in the NHL that you think are worth watching that are more applicable to my game, you know, I'm going to be watching stuff over the next couple months. That that's that's why he's going to be a special player. He's always looking to get better, even during adversity. Instead of woe is me. He's going to be like, okay, I'll take these two months and I'll watch video and add something to my game. And that that's that's the incredible mind of Jack Quinn. And uh, that's why he was such a pleasure to coach and why we're so lucky to have an organization. I think Byro and Rusek have been excellent. Um, that Rusek's probably playing his best hockey in North America. He's coming off a 13-game point streak. But the points are are secondary to how hard he's playing. He's always had the offensive flash, the playmaking. His competitiveness on the puck right now is forechecking. His puck battles are at an all-time high uh, in his time in North America. So that's been excellent to see. Uh, Byro's a Swiss Army knife. Uh, he, he can play center. He can play wing. He can score. He can sit, set up. He's a great penalty killer. He can also f- play on the power play. So those are options. Cooley and Rosie are a little bit of scoring droughts right now. I think Cooley's a little, I, he's out of it now, but I think coming back from World Juniors, a little emotionally fatigued. Um, they're both playing extremely well. Uh, I think Kulik's defensive game, his, his willingness to hunt and win puck battles has been incredibly high. Rosane has become one of our best penalty killers here in the last month, which is extremely important in his development. They're going to score. We don't worry about that. They're in a little funk right now that the scoring is going to come. So I think those guys are all options, but you know, if you put them, if you if you're looking for a winger with Cousins and Paterka, you're looking for guys like that more likely. If you're looking to move someone else up in the lineup and looking for more of a bottom six, I mean, you got Jost, you got Murray, you got guys like that that are also very good options. So I think we have a lot of guys that could come up and help the Sabers and be very good for them. Do you think that um, this is a tricky? Like it's it's a probably a tough one to answer but like is there more to it like than than just the numbers let's say um or like could you bring up Kulik or Roseanne right now and I'm not trying to put you on the spot as the decision maker here but you understand that if they were called up people would go geez they're not even statistically playing that well right now but do you think organizationally sometimes that maybe that's a good thing like call them up now show that you still believe in them even if they haven't scored in the last nine games and they are doing things right. Like you're talking about what, can you give us a little insight into the psychology in that maybe? For sure. You can. I, I think that um, those guys are excellent offensive players and they've worked so hard on their game over the last year and a half here with us uh, to play in the NHL and help you win though. You have to be a 200 foot player, you know, unless you're going to score 50 goals and there's so few of those guys in the world you need to play 200 feet now. You need to be able to check. You need to be good defensively on nights that you're not scoring. You need to be able to penalty kill and help your team win that way. Isak Rosane has helped us win many games in the last two weeks because how good he's been on the penalty kill. And and that's that's growth to your game. And so um, there's no question the organization you know has tremendous belief in both. So um, I think that to me, you know, again, if 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 it's a spot. If you're just jumping someone in for Jack, it certainly should be a, a, a younger, skilled player. What what are any of those four guys that we talked about? Um, and, and if someone else is going to take that spot from within, then you might be looking at a different set of players. And, and that's those are things that certainly the Sabres, Kevin and Jason and Donnie, you know, have had time this week with the All-Star break. You have a week to kind of kind of properly vet through that process in their heads. 
What's the challenge as a coach when you play a team that um, a little bit like Syracuse, maybe the other night, but I also think of the NHL and some of the teams the Sabres have played that will trap it up, will be like a lot tougher to uh, kind of be able to work your way through that uh, defend extremely well. And and you see your your bench and maybe some of the players getting frustrated. Like what's the, the challenge as a coach? Try to put a game plan together there. Like how do you approach that? Yeah, I think that um, Syracuse is that way. Utica could be that way. Um, you know, we play them 24 times, you know. And so <laughs> I do believe, and this is something that I've talked to some of our older guys about, uh, and we've beaten Syracuse this year. We've beaten Utica many times this year. So, but um, I'm going to, next time we play those guys, I'm going to talk about this. And Tyson Jost brought this up to me. He said that playing against Utica one of these recent times, he's like, it felt like an NHL playoff game. He's like, there's no space. The shots were like 27 to 25. The score was two to one and you have to f- earn everything you get. And, and it, that's a good thing is as, as much as it's not always fun. That's a good thing for the development of our younger players, because they need to learn how to score in those games. Uh, and I do believe having to play Syracuse and Utica as much as we do over the last two years has hardened us for the playoffs. And, and it probably hurts our regular season standings record a little bit. Cause you have to play them so many times and it's just usually you're splitting with them at best. Um, but I do believe it's hardened us and battle tested us. And I think that's why we've won a big part of why we've won four playoff series in the last two years is because we've had to elevate that style of our game against teams like that. Are you still enjoying the company of your two new assistant coaches this year? They're great. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're fabulous. Vinny as, uh, as, as Marty talked about, uh, Vinny loves the sun. So the last six weeks in Rochester have been a bit of a grind. Yeah. Um, and I think he's looking forward to uh, sneaking home to Tampa for all-star break. So, uh, but they're, they're excellent. Um, they're both great humans. Uh, they're both really good teachers, uh, really good role models for our, for our young players, uh, guys that carved out careers the hard way. Uh, they're just tremendous, tremendous uh, role models for our guys. So the fun thing is that uh, I remember meeting Vinny Prospo for the first time in Philadelphia when he got traded to uh, to the Flyers. And he's sitting next to me in the locker room and like maybe five days in, he goes, does it ever like, is it ever sunny here? Like, it's gray. It's gray all the time. Gray, gray in Philly and all of that. And so, yes, <laughs> I think it was yesterday, right? That yeah. uh, the uh, Twitter account or social media account basically yeah. put a quote from Vinny saying, ah, such a, jo- a gorgeous day here in Rochester. Just, I could just sense that same sarcasm, but joy for the day of Vinny Prospel in that, that I, it took me back to 2007 or 2008 when I first met him. And I was laughing, like every time I see the quote and I think of Vinny, I laugh because of that. Well, he's, he's, uh, he's been awesome for all of our guys, but for our young European guys there, he's lived their life. Like Victor Noichev has made a massive step mm-hmm. here in the last four to six weeks. And mm-hmm. He's competing harder. His habits, his daily habits, since we had a hard meeting with him two months ago in which it was translated on paper because he doesn't speak great yet. Yeah. Um, and you never know how he's going to respond. And now that that young man is one of the first guys at the rink every day, 8, 8, 15 in the shooting room. He's one of the last guys, if not the last guy to leave every day right now. And now you're starting to see it play out. And of course it does. You, you earn better habits and you get better results. And so... 
But the other day, Vinny was on the bike. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon. Victor had been there since like 8.15 in the morning. Victor's still there working. And you saw Victor waiting for his moment to go up and try to ask him a question about something he was dealing with. He's frustrated. He didn't score. He's getting all these chances. And uh, and you could just see Vinny being so proud that Victor felt comfortable to come to him and, and share that and talk through that moment together. And, um, and, and uh, so, yeah, just another example of, of why guys like him, you know, Pekka Webby in the past, Pacer are, are so valuable for me and for our guys. I have a quick question. Um, and this will sound crazy. And Real I know quick. that you're very quick. Um, <laughs> did you see the other day when Joe Bouchard, the coach of Syracuse, pulled his goalie in the second period on a five on four power play to make it six on four? No, it was five um, on three. It, made it, it was five on three, three to make it six on three. You're right. And the game was like a two one game or one one game halfway in the game. They ended up winning that game in overtime. But I have some crazy ideas like this, like um, not just on the power play, but five on five. Do you guys have those type of conversation late at night at, you know, at home? Because uh, maybe you've had a couple of pops and you're like, hey, let's think of crazy ideas here. Uh, we talk about some crazy things at times when you're watching hockey. That that was a crazy one. But, you know, the, you hate to say it, but the, sometimes the American League is the place to experiment with those yeah. things because there's less pressure. If, if John Cooper did that in Tampa and it didn't work out, uh, the media attention is going to be different than if you do it in Syracuse and it doesn't work out. I don't know if that's an organizational decision or just a Bouchard decision, but um, it did cross your mind uh, that sometimes um, you can experiment a little bit more in, in the American League without as much media pressure. Great insight as always. Good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for the time. Thanks, guys. Seth Appert, head coach of the Amherst, Rochester, as Seth mentioned, in this tight North Division right now. It was so tough to see them fall on home ice the other night because it allowed Syracuse to get eight points between them. And obviously, it would have been a completely different story. And you heard the coach mention that right behind them, Toronto, Laval, Utica, and Belleville, there is a lot of racetrack left in this AHL season. But the Amherst would love to stock away four points this weekend against the Rocket. Of course, the Bandits, the reigning champs, are home. This weekend, they've got Rochester once again. What a thriller they had down the throughway against the Nighthawks recently, and the Bandits prevailed due to a big fourth quarter. Tomorrow night at KeyBank Center, you can get tickets at Bandits.com. It's the Nighthawks and Bandits, and Ian McKay joins us here on Sabres Live. Ian, um, welcome to the show. It's great to have you back. Um, how would you describe this defending of the title so far and the nature of the league and its standings and how tight everything is? Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Um, it's probably the best way to describe it. It's probably uh, a little harder than we maybe thought it would be. Um, you know, obviously you come in, it's a new team, and um, we know that going into training camp and, you know, lose some guys to injury and, um, you know, not having Max Adler back due to work commitments and all that. Um, you know, you're, you're obviously going to face challenges and, um, you know, not that it was, we thought it'd be easy by any means, but, um, you know, to be one game above 500, um, after the first, you know, third of the season here, um, obviously it's nice to be above 500, but we'd obviously like to be, uh, in a little bit of a better spot, but, um, you know, growing pains early in the year with new guys and, and a new team and, um, you know, we're slowly figuring it out and that's, what's most important. 
Now, Bandit Land has always been, you know, so powerful and so supportive and the fan base is incredible. But I think that you guys have now taken it to another level where even like, uh, you know, a few weeks back, um, you got the Sabres winning, you got the Bills winning on the same day or same weekend and the Bandits winning. And then it becomes like this whole like, hey, Buffalo won. Like the, you guys have elevated and, and I say respectfully elevated to like, hey, we are going to put the Bandits with the Sabres and the Bills on the same category because that's how the fan base here loves the Bandits. Uh, when you see that, how, how does it feel or does it change any any way the relationship that you had with the fan base? Yeah, we're trying not to be the little brother that gets beat up all the time. So, um, But no, our, our, our fans are incredible. Um, I mean for years that you ask anyone that's ever played here from when the first season in the early nineties, they'll say that the fans are incredible. So, um, you know, I think just in general lacrosse is growing and you're seeing it, you know, on ESPN and TSN a lot more. And, um, you know, just being in Toronto last weekend and having TSN on the TV in the hotel and there was commercials for NLL games and that kind of thing. So just to see the, the sport growing a ton, um, it's great, um, you know, especially for other fan bases that maybe don't have the following that we do in Buffalo. But, um, you know, our fans are unbelievable. You're walking around town getting noticed and, and getting asked for pictures and all that. Um, you know, being a young lacrosse player, I don't think I if you would ask me then, I don't think I would have believed that that would happen to me um, when, I, when I was playing professional. But it's pretty cool to, to have that and, um, you know, to be in the same conversation as the Sabres and Bills. Um, you know, it's definitely cool for sure. Ian, you're a point getter. You're incredibly versatile, leading uh, the group in in loose balls. And now you're the faceoff guy. You mentioned the departure of Max. Um, take us through just this evolution here in your career, and um, how proud you are of being able to take this on and uh, and and do so very well. Yeah, if, if Max Adler's watching this, please come back. Um, <laughs> we would welcome you with open arms. Um, but no, it's, you know, like I said, it's, it, it's kind of, I've prided myself on being a player who is willing and able to do, you know, anything coach asks and um, try to do it the best of my ability. And um, face-off guys in this league are really good. And, you know, Max coming in is, is a huge uh, help, was, was a huge help to us and, and losing them. Obviously you can see our, our face-off numbers haven't been the greatest and uh, try, trying my best out there, but I, I also know like it's it it's not my first job um and you know it's it's trying to have a kind of like a goalie mindset of you know a quick memory like I know I'm not going to win every face off so it's trying to it's weird to say but it's trying to lose the face off in the best way possible to have our team succeed with you know kind of the hand we're dealt so um it's been it's been interesting uh you know going against some of the top guys and and trying to figure that out with our face-off unit, you know, me, Priolo, Spanger, uh, Kyle Buchanan, we're all kind of bouncing ideas on on how we want to approach uh, each face-off. So it's been a unique challenge and, and a fun one, but um, I don't know if my body loves it as much. So like I mentioned, Max, please come on back whenever you're ready. <laughs> Do you have a face-off uh, specialized stick? Like when you go, is there a different pocket? Because I know when my kid played high school lacrosse, he was the backup goalie and I had no idea what he was doing. It was, it was field lacrosse. It was different, but, but I know that their guy that was the face-off specialist had a, a space, a special stick for that. Do you have to go to a special stick just for that? 
Yeah, so I, I have a face-off specific stick. It's more pinched and it's a, it's a lot flimsier. So when I'm trying to clamp for the ball, it tries to, you know, just grip onto the ball um, as best it can. But um, it, it's all game dependent. You know, like last game, Toronto didn't have their normal face-off guy in due to injury. So I kind of knew I'd have more of a chance to win some face-offs. So I, I use that face-off stick a lot more. Um, but, you know, against Rochester, I'll probably go in with my face-off stick to just to challenge the guy and kind of see where he's at. And if he's beating me on the clamp and I know I'm not going to get it, I'll probably just use my normal stick and try to, you know, run around and get a loose ball. And I'll have my normal games to get there instead of a, a face-off stick that's beat up. So, you know, it's kind of all dependent on who you're going against and, and how confident you are in going or if, the, if you're winning the face-offs at all. And I usually take the first quarter or, or the first five or six face-offs to kind of figure that out. Yeah. Do you ever still get um, surprised or have wow moments when you and your teammates create some of the highlight real goals that you create? Because the offense seems to be going pretty well here. I know you mentioned the record, but uh, <laughs> the depth in offense is seemingly alive and well. I caught myself a couple of times on the bench last game, uh, just like draw, uh, jaw to the ground, you know, like looking at, Duggar or looking at JT being like what, what just happened with you know Chase's goal the the swim and the behind the back or I I don't get me wrong that was an incredible goal but I think Brandon Robinson's goal is going oh. severely <laughs> underrated it was to pull that off in the middle of a game and just kind of instinctually like one hand like little teardrop just super nice like it was both those goals are incredible but B-Rob's I was like what what just happened? Like that was ridiculous. So I'm, I'm not surprised that, you know, these guys are doing it, especially at, at this level. Like I got being in practice with them and, and playing offense every now and again with them. You, you see what they can do in practice, but to be able to pull it off in a game is a whole nother story. So it's, it's impressive to say the least. Do you guys do video session and do you put those on the video sometimes just to pump you guys up? Because if we had a guy and when I played with the Sabres, Maxima Finneganov was that guy. He would always have a crazy highlight real goal. And then, you know, for the next little bit here, we'd wait to see if it was going to be added to the video session just because we wanted to just like feel the energy. So do you guys have somebody that add those up sometimes on the video? Uh we will put them in the videos. Yeah, we usually go after uh, over all the goals. Um, JT is good at keeping guys humble, and you know, if, with Chase, if that went in, <laughs> that was one of those shots. It was like, yeah, good job. But if it didn't go, it's like, what are you doing, kind of thing. So um, he's not afraid to humble us and make sure that we're we're trying to make the right reads. But uh, the guys get excited every time we see it. Even even when we watch them film, you see a crazy goal, and everyone still reacts to it, even though you've already seen it a couple times. So um, I think the boys are more so doing a good job of pumping each other up there. Ian, good luck in Banditland tomorrow. Great to catch up. Thanks. Appreciate you guys having me on. There's Ian McKay, the world champion Buffalo Bandits. That's five-time champions now, and their quest for six continues with a game against the Nighthawks tomorrow at KeyBank Center. 7.30 start. Fill it up. Banditland's been a great place again this year with attendance uh, feeling uh, higher than, you know, even recently, just uh, on the heels of the championship success. NHL may be an all-star break, but holy cow, there's lots of news going on off the ice. Shayna Goldman joins us next here on Sabres Live.
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Chasing sunshine is my full-time job right now, and I am winning the moment. It may only be 55 here in California, but it feels like 70 at the moment, so uh, forgive me for being a little giddy for the next 10 minutes. But the giddiness also comes with it being Friday. Shayna Goldman from The Athletic. And Shayna, you are loving the chaos off the ice during this all-star break aren't you i know i thought it was a break who knew it wasn't like the news doesn't stop um yeah we're loving it it's fun that we get a moment to like digest and talk about every trade that's happening we can speculate for a month and there's more to go off except for like hey here's a 3 p.m deadline everyone just throw up all your trades at once and we can't function and understand them all so did Winnipeg feel, oh boy, Elias Lindholm is in Vancouver now. We need to make something happen. And then they go and acquire Sean Monaghan. First of all, how is the Lindholm trade uh, on the trade-o-meter for Shayna uh, <laughs> with Vancouver? Um, where do you rank that? Okay, I think personally, every Canadian team heard the phrase that center depth wins championships. And they're like, okay, this is what we need to do to bring the cup back to Canada because we see this focus. Um, for me... From the Canucks perspective, I would give it like a 6.5 out of 7. I love the Lindholm trade for the Canucks because if you look at their lineup and say, what are they missing? It's a center. When they lost Bo Horvat and kept JT Miller, we knew they were down a top six center. And yes, they've used Miller down the middle, but at his best, he's on the wing. So you want to maximize everyone. So if you can bring in someone like Lindholm, who brings defensive strengths, but doesn't have to be your number one shutdown guy because they have another line that can handle that. 
I think you're in a really good position to succeed. He's good on both ends of the puck. You're betting on a bounce back, which there's a lot of signs are going to happen, including a low shooting percentage. I think that is just a really excellent fit for them. What about the Monaghan trade? Marty's not going to read all the conditions, but uh, do you think Monaghan <laughs> has uh, enough left? Um, or maybe even side by side, like if you if you gave a score out of 10 as what you think Lindholm is a player right now, like what would Monaghan's score be in comparison to that? And what is he going to bring to the Jets? Well, I used a scale out of seven. So now if we're out of 10, we have to start doing some fractions. Yes. But just for consistency's sake, I'm going to give that a 4.3 out of seven Ooh. because I have concerns. I think we know when the center market gets going, right? Lindholm is already off the table. The best center available is gone. Everybody else, the price is going to go up. And there aren't a ton of amazing options out there. So you're overpaying for a center. I don't think Monaghan's the guy I overpay for. Yes, he had a bounce back, you know, last two years, really, in Montreal. The injury history is not ideal. The fact that he struggles in a bottom six capacity, which he could be playing in Winnipeg, is a problem. You look at those last two years in Calgary and you go, you really didn't play up to your role in the top six. So you were moved down the lineup and you struggled there. That would worry me a little bit. And it's like inflated by power play production. The other part of it is his defensive game is a serious flaw. And yes, Winnipeg knows how to deal with defensively flawed centers. We've seen that. But how much sheltering can you really do? If it's Shifley you have to worry about and Connor if they get split up and then Monaghan on top of it. I just think it's such a steep price to pay for someone with so many red flags to me. I would have spent that on Adam Henrique if I were the Jets. Oh, well, that's because you saw Adam Henrique uh, score in overtime against us and the Rangers when he was with the Devils. And that name has uh, left some nightmares uh, <laughs> behind for me, definitely. Uh, quickly on the Winnipeg Jets. I heard an interview with Rick Bonus yesterday. Basically said, um, and he threw a little shade at Paul Maurice, and maybe it wasn't intentional, but basically said, hey, last year we struggled because every time we had a bit of a um, a tough time, we reverted to what we were doing the last five years. We played man-on-man -man instead of playing our strict zone with some pressure points. And he says, you want to play man-on-man, -man, that's fine, but, you know, I don't think it works, like basically. Um, it, with your experience and looking at teams, how they play in the numbers, is is this going to be like a – um, almost a split league where teams are going to play man on man, believe that's the best way to do it. And teams are going to play zone and believe that's the best way to do it. And no happy middle. Yeah, that's the way it is because I think everyone is so rigid in the NHL. Like think about how many coaches are willing to accept the idea of a Rover. You really yeah. don't hear many coaches talk about it. Guys like Jared Bednar do and guys like John Tortorella do, but everybody else it's one or the other. So many teams shifted to zone defense and there's no adjustments. This team won with it. We're going to have it. We're going to fully replicate it. And I just don't think you can do that in today's game. I think that you need to be a little bit more fluid with your structure, with your systems, because everybody's roster is built differently. Everybody has different strengths. And sometimes it feels like teams are just trying to fit these players into what is it like a round peg in a square hole? Did I, oh, I might have messed that square, saying up. But square peg, like, round hole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That. Yes. <laughs> I don't have if you, if you want to know one strength, it's finding these like little cutesy sayings and knowing like how they're supposed yeah. to be said. But that's that's how I feel it is in this league. I think we're seeing guys like Marty St. Louis when he was talking about, you know, uh, instincts and skill over systems. 
I think that's a great, you know, mentality to have, but we haven't seen many coaches truly adopt that, but I think you're going to see that harsh split of this is the system to run and this is the system to run and it's one or the other. Why do you think uh, Todd McClellan was fired by LA today? Because the Kings were really bad this last month. I mean, you go from but being wh- one of the best. But, but why? It's not like Todd <laughs> just lost the ability here. His team was yeah. going for the president's trophy mm-hmm. after the first couple of months. I look at how the Kings struggled and it's their defense, right? That is the area that I think that there's like the least room for error because we know their strengths, right? We know that this team is built to succeed defensively. You see them go from one of the best, the best rush team against, right? Mm -hmm. To one of the worst. They're allowing not just a lot of rush chances and volume, but in quality against. And it just doesn't seem like he's figured out the adjustments to make. Did they have a streak of bad goaltending that probably open the door a little bit wider for him. Absolutely. You look at those last four games of Cam Talbot and they were the worst four games he's had all season. They were absolutely horrible relative to his workload, but I don't think it's goaltending alone. I think the fact is they need their defense to be so stout for the goalie tandem that they have to succeed. They need to find ways to get their forwards clicking, especially someone that they just invested a ton of money in. So I think that's what it really comes down to. Did you have the adjustments to fix over the last month? They gave them game after game and the same problems are biting them. I don't think it's the worst move to go find a new coach, you know, look at a step in a different direction, even though it's someone from his bench. Mm -hmm. But when you think that Rob Blake would also be having to feel some of that blame because he made the decision to trade for Pierre-Luc Dupois and trade three assets. Again, something Greg Bonus said yesterday, he didn't want to throw shades to LA, but he basically said, hey, we, we're so happy to get those three players. It makes our team better. Um, you know, and then you don't go and get a goaltender. You say, we're going to go with Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot. And yeah, they were first in goals against average in the first 31 games. First in expected goals against in the first 31 games. And they dropped to 20th and 26th in that department. So yeah, defensively, they're not being great. But is, is a lot of the responsibility fall on Rob Blake as well now for not having been more aggressive in certain areas this summer? Yeah, like I think the, what falls on McCallum is what's happening on the ice, right? And that's the defensive slip-ups. And I think the way that they've struggled to defend a lead, which was one of their best strengths. It was the same thing that bit Lane Lambert. If you can't get your team to play a full 60 minutes, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. But Rob Blake made the decision to go for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And if we're going to talk about the Kings, we're going to be talking about that goalie tandem that none of us expected to really thrive. And it's because they spent so much money elsewhere. And it's so interesting. I know people love centers. I know that they're super valuable in this league. But you have Kopitar down the middle. You have Deneau down the middle. You could have Quentin Byfield down the middle if you trusted him there, too. To go out and spend $8 million on Pierre-Luc Dubois felt like an odd move because now you're either ensuring that each of these centers can't get top six minutes or, you know, you're shifting someone to their off position, which then isn't as valuable. And you paid them as a center. So I I definitely think that's a problem because that's money that could have gone elsewhere. Even if you can make the case for bringing in Dubois, and there is a case to make, right? They needed more offense and they can afford to have some flawed players like Kevin Fiala because they have so many strong two-way players on their lineup. It, It just feels like a miss to spend that much when you look at how much they already have invested and how little it left for the rest of your roster. You have to think about everything. And I know Kopitar is getting older, but... Did you have to make that move now or could you have waited a year or two before you went so splashy on your center position? 
Fiala had the last goal in the McFarlane era against his former club. He was sent off with a win. Obviously, the decision was in the works, presumably before L.A. beat Nashville in the final game. And uh, with that, uh, you know, we'll see just whether the Kings can stabilize in the areas that you're talking about. Uh, what else is uh, catching your eye right now? What's the next domino to fall, Shana? <laughs> Who's to say, right? You know, are we going to see more trade movement happen over the next month? It feels like it. I wonder... How much the price is going to rise for someone like Adam Henrique now, a center that's available? Or are we going to start seeing more come out of the Flames? You know, the Flames are an interesting one. They got things going early with Zadorov, and they really didn't have to at the time. I think that they undersold. They should have pushed for a little bit more, but they just wanted to change things up. Like, what about Tanev? What about potentially Markstrom? That's where my attention is probably going to go the most. And with Tanev, to me, it's similar to Monaghan. These are two players who bring injury risks. The longer you wait to trade them, the more of a chance you have of not being able to move them, which was the problem with Monaghan last deadline. Do the Flames feel that way for Tanev? You know, the, the style he plays is very conducive to getting hurt. Do you try to flip him sooner than later? Do you package him with another player? Or do you lose out if you do that? Like, that's where my brain is like swirling right now. You mentioned injuries um, yesterday and the day before. We really focus on Jack Quinn going to miss eight weeks with the Buffalo Sabres, most likely with a lower body injury. It's been a tough year because he missed the first half of the season with an Achilles injury. So we threw some names out there, you know, like trade maybe possibilities for the Sabres to fill in. And because Duffer's on the West Coast and because we had seen this guy scored the overtime game winner in the last game before the break, uh, Frank Vitrano came up yesterday. He was the one guy on Duffer's list. I had him on my list. Do the Anaheim Ducks trade Frank Vitrano? And would he be a, maybe a fit here in Buffalo if that was a possibility? Frank Vitrano is such an interesting one because on a contender, he's a third liner. But on a team with a little bit more like leniency, he can be a top six player. That was the case in New York and obviously in Anaheim. The drawback for me is he is defensively flawed. He's, he has a lot of offensive pop. I don't know how sustainable that scoring is, but I do think that someone that can generate his own chances and has the finishing ability. So you're not, if he's in Buffalo, you're not expecting him to be the guy. He's one of the guys. He's a secondary scorer. He's not a bad option, but I wonder if he's more of a fit for a contender. Mm -hmm. um, my eyes would go for a little bit, someone a little younger who also is on the West Coast. I would be thinking like an Arthur Kaliev would be the player for me to watch. Yeah. Yeah, he was on my list too. I got him here. I have. Uh, you I didn't had, mention like, him yesterday. Oh, I didn't, wow. but I had. We didn't have time. We started talking about uh, goaltending, of goaltending, and we but ran out of time. But I put guys like Kaliev. Um, I even put Capocaco on my list, which I don't know that that would happen. Um, so yeah, so Morgan Frost was on my list. So those were kind of guys that I, I thought maybe would fit. So, uh, Marty, I, I, I totally dropped the ball yesterday when we unexpectedly landed on Frank Vetrano. So allow me to write the ship here and put you in live quiz mode. You and Shana. Oh. Okay. Okay. Hockey reference has a whole bunch of nicknames oh. for Frank Vetrano. Oh, Go. Who wants Frank, to start? Frank the tank. Frank the tank is one. Okay. I don't know. I have no uh, idea. I have no, no idea. idea. This is one no. of the greatest features added recently on Hockey Reference. Frankie. Okay. Uh, Mizzy. Mizzy. Rolex. Okay. Frank the Tank. Frankie V. And the Springfield Rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Who comes up with that? That is, that is one of the longest lists of nicknames I've seen. And when I we signed off yesterday, because remember yesterday, Marty, we yeah. joked that, oh, I'll think about this three hours later. Well, that's what happened was like, oh, man, this guy's got great nicknames. But the one name I did not mention yesterday, Marty, that I wanted to get to. Um, and I'm Shana, I'm still not sure 
what to think of the Nashville Predators and where they are at organizationally and competitively and future-wise. So I, I'm skeptical they would move off of this player. However, he is undoubtedly going to make a fair amount more. He's 26 and he's a UFA and he's Tommy Novak. And I'm wondering, because, I mean, in theory, they could pawn him off if they're out of it. As a UFA, he could just sign back there in the summer if he loves it there. And I think he's shown over 100-plus games that he's been a very, very effective Nashville Predator. What do you think of him? I'm a big fan of Tommy Novak's game. You look at last year's team under John Hines where Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of puck transportation, let's call it, in in, in control. That was what they were missing. It was Roman Yossi who could do it in Philip Forsberg, and he was having a down year. And Matt Duchesne to a point, too. But you saw Novak emerge as this puck possession player that they were missing. And in that second half of the season, when everything was falling apart and Forsberg was hurt, he was the player that emerged for them. He was the scoring threat to watch. It was him and Luke Evangelista. Um, Mm -hmm. If I'm Nashville... I'm very confused about my direction as well, because we say the eyes are the future, but the results are saying you're landing smack dab in the middle and you could thank UC Soros for helping push you along. And also they're really great defense. Mm-hmm. I don't move Novak. I don't move a forward. I, if anything, would be more willing to move one of their younger defenders. Even like a carrier could be an interesting mm-hmm. name to move because I think that if any team can develop another defenseman to replace what they move out, it's Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I feel even more confident with that saying that with trots there, even though he's not behind the bench, but I really do like what Brunette's doing as well. Um, the young forwards, I, I do not allow anyone to even speak to think about like, don't let their names come out of your mouth. I think that's exactly what Nashville needs to keep. Probably should have locked up uh, Novak earlier. Always easier to say in hindsight. Uh, you think uh, both of you that Nyquist will move here. He's having a potential career year here and that, that is well advanced NHL career. I like him personally. Like, I no, think he's the yeah. forward Minnesota should have kept over Marcus Johansson last year. Um, I think, yeah, I, I like him. I just don't know if they're going to want too much for him. I, it always depends on the price, right? Yep. It, yep. it would be like, uh, and and listen, it leads me down to this. Will we see UC Soros moved? Um, Barry Trotz is not shutting the door on it. I think I would be like, no, and shut the door and not have any speculations. But it is, you know, I love Barry, but it's always going to be like, We'll, you know, we'll listen, we'll talk, we'll whatever, right? So, I, I think you know, is this the year now. where Saros happens? No. 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 What, this is the year that should be all the goalie movement and nothing's happened. Come on. No one knows how to, like, make a trade with goaltenders. There's so many goalies I would expect to move first before Saros. So, you know, it, it would be fun. Be it would devil. be spicy. But... I think he'll be a devil. I had to put a list together of... uh the, the the five goalies available one through five right and I had to put John Gibson too that's how bad like I think the goalies that are available oh, yeah. are I had to put Marks from one and John Gibson too forget about it that's how painful it. was it over. for you yeah <laughs> that's unbelievable but it is right on cue and we are out of time Shana have a great weekend and we will see you next week thanks for having me Shana Goldman from the Athletic will wrap up Sabers live after this. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela 
is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. What's up next for Team McDavid? Yeah, we got to go with another goalie. Um... I think we're going to grab Sam's teammate from Florida, Sam Bobrovsky, or uh, Sergey Bobrovsky. Sergey! Punxsutawney Phil should have a new nickname. Maybe we'll call him Sam next year after his bold prediction this morning, Marty. Sam the Groundhog. Sam the Groundhog. (laughs) Okay, so much for that sunshine. He missed an opportunity, Duffer. Should have been Bobrovsky. You're back on the case. Come on up here. It should have been a Bobrovsky on the case like speech from McDavid. That was yeah. missed opportunity. Yeah. Well, speaking of missed opportunity, you know what? I I can't. Like, there's other NHL news floating around and things like that. I don't want to end on a negative note. So give me something fun and inspiring here for this weekend as I continue to try to chase unsuccessfully some sunshine on the West Coast. I'm looking forward to the skills competition tonight. I won't lie. The game throw and the skills competition and the $1 million winner, I'm going to say Kel McCarr wins the whole thing and surprises everybody, and it's not Connor McDavid. Well, the only skills that I'll be watching will be on my laptop as AHL TV will bring Amherst and Laval <laughs> late this afternoon here. And, of course, the Bandits will be in action at home tomorrow against Rochester. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. In fact, as soon as Monday. We'll see you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.